a warm good evening to you all and welcome to the special African Cup of Nations edition of the FIFA World Cup show. On this episode tonight, we'll be looking at the first round of games that were played, the controversial officiating decision between the Cottage Eagles of Tunisia and Mali. We'll look at Gambia's first edition and debut at the African Cup of Nations, where they recorded a win and will go to Banju, the capital of Gambia, and to take reactions from the Gambians and how they feel. Ivory Coast also beat Equatorial Guinea with Max Gradel paying a special tribute to his late father. And I'll give you all the details that you need to know. And today, host nation Cameroon trashed Ethiopia by four goals to one. Wherever you are tuning in to this special episode from, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly, Philip Alimo. I have love for sports. And a special welcome to Roberto. I see you on the show. And thank you for tuning in and joining us live today. And uh, I'll go straight to my guest for tonight, Mr. Justin Akowa, who is joining us from England. He's, a, he's an African football expert and he's been following the African Cup of Nations all the way in Cameroon. And uh, Mr. Justin, if you can join us on the floor for us to take your initial reactions. Hello, good, Mr. Justin. Good evening, Philip. Good evening, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. What are your initial thoughts and reactions? Um, um, so, considering yesterday's games, I believe they were all good games. Very entertaining games, especially the, the one which was prematurely ended. That was between Mali and Tunisia. A very, very good game. That we felt like it would have, it was marred by no very good officiating. And for Equatorial Guinea versus Equatorial Guinea versus the Elephants of Cote d'Ivoire, we did. I didn't expect um, Equatorial Guinea to put up much of a fight, but then they they did very well to keep UEFA um, Champions League goal scorer, leading goal scorer, Sebastian Allaire. To to no involve to little to no involvement in the game, so then they really did well at that point. And for and for Gambia, you you could see how energetic they were, how they were passionate about making their mark and making bring making a good account of themselves in their first ever Afghan. So then it was a well deserved win. And yeah, it was. And those three games yesterday were very good. And um, there's a school of thought um, that says uh, this has been a very, uh, uh, the goal scoring rate has been very low. And uh, if you look at the ratio, nine games um, with, with, with all recording one zero wins just, and two, goal, uh, two games recording a goalless draw, with the exception of Cameroon, um, that have recorded three goals that is in the first, in the first round. 
What what do you think accounts for that? So I think it's it's more to do about the pragmatic way that we are all playing now because even for some teams that we see to be some teams that are known to be the whipping boys of groups, they are defensively solid and they are limiting um finishing they are limiting finishing opportunities for strikers of their opponents. So then it's it, it has to do with a little bit of pragmatism because because as we all know the the third a few of the third best teams are bound to qualify for the next round. So then people are trying to do their best to defend well and they want to be able to keep to win some good points even if it's a point or three so that it can enhance their chances of qualifying if 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 not as the first or second place as the third place. So then there's a lot of pragmatism as well as a, a lack of bad finishing tools. But then I believe with the second match day for all the teams, it will the levels is going to come up a bit because teams have begun teams have seen how their opponents play and they would look at ways to have um they are looking at ways to counter it and to, to, to counter it. And I agree I agree with you with you with you and on that. Especially um it's a tournament and the most important thing is you getting the three maximum points and uh, progressing to the next to the next phase of of it. And uh, Mr. Justin, hold your fire. I want to give uh, a, let a cherished audience and listeners um, highlights of that controversial game between Tunisia and Mali. And then we'll come back to you to get your thoughts. It is always closely contested because they've got quality players. And these players, are, you look at Mali. We saw that in the, um, in the Nigeria game yesterday. Substitutions were, were fantastic. Mm. By Malul. Here is the first yellow card shown by Jani Sikazwe. Had been knocked past him by the Al Etifak forward, Naim Sliti. It's worse, actually. And Mali have the free kick in the centre circle, which they've taken quickly. Nadara has been brought down simply by Matluti on halfway. been the Eagles of Mali that have been the more positive team here against the Carthage Eagles. Played it quickly. Aidara to Aidara. Masadio Aidara winds up for the shot and catches it superbly. Always just Aidara. Samuseku celebrates his birthday yesterday. Penalty. It's a handball. Giarte's attempt handled inside the area. And Mali have the chance to open the scoring from the spot early in the second half. Skiddy says, what could I do? deeper than Nos Traore was. Here's the shot and Mancoro has to tip it wide. 
one side of the field to the other. Ipa plays it back to Kazri. Kazri. Given Marley's way. Kazri was hoping for a handball decision there. The penalty is awarded. Kazri against Munkoro. And Munkoro saves. Kazri's denied. Ibrahim Munkoro, the Malian hero, keeping out Kazri's spot kick. That's calmly done by Amari Traore. Lipa Koulibaly with the layoff. El Bilal Toure won't reach it first. He went in a bit high there and he's going to be cautioned here. Is the Malian substitute? No, the red card has come out for El Bilal Toure. Yes, that is the highlight of that game between Tunisia and Mali. And... Uh, the controversial moment was when referee Gianni Sikazwe from Zambia ended the game 12 seconds before the end of proceedings after two VAR checks, a water break, a red card. He was supposed to have had at least give five minutes of stoppage time. But the footages we have seen where he signaled the fourth official that there was going to be five additional minutes. But unfortunately, that game ended 12 seconds before the normal regulation time of 90 minutes, which could created a lot of hula balloon and controversy around the game. This earlier today, CAF has released a statement that they are looking into the matter and will investigate. And upon coming into the studio a few minutes ago, I understand, not yet confirmed, but sources within CAF indicates that the goal, the goal and the scoreline will remain the same 1-0. And Tunisia will, will remain in the competition and will not be punished. Will not be punished. And um, I think that is the end of the tournament for referee Gianni Sikazwe. Um Mr. Kowa, what do you make of referee Gianni Sikazwe's uh, performance on the day yesterday? So, I believe that it was he was making a lot of he was making a lot of bad calls in the beginning, even before this whole controversy popped up in the second half, because from the onset you could see that he really made a game a stop a lot of stop starts and even even though even though like there were fouls he wasn't maybe he wasn't giving out the he wasn't booking them he was very he was a bit lenient in the first half so in the second half in the second half I, I don't know but I think he was forced to check out the he was forced to check out um both both um instances before awarding the penalty because like for the Mali penalty, I think he gave a free kick. Yeah. He gave a free kick, but then he did not, um, he was told to go and check it out. So then it looks like it was quite consistent that his judgment was, his his judgment wasn't good overall. And even for the Malian, even for the Tunisian penalty, sorry, after it hit, after it hit the, Mali, the Malian's hand, the Tunisian player 
took the ball. That was that was still in play. He took the ball to um alert the referee that it is a penalty or he should take a look at it. So if so if the ball wasn't taken by the Tunisian player, I don't think he would have I don't think he would have looked at it to check it. And for me the red card awarded I don't think the tackle was threatening enough. I think to warrant to warrant a red card. Yes, I think it was just a bad tackle and maybe a yellow would have sufficed but then we don't know why he did that, and he did, he did that. But you know yeah. the surprising thing with uh, referee Johnny Sikazwe, he's actually one of the best that we have on the continent. He officiated uh, the 2017 Afcon final uh, between Cameroon and, um, and, and 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 Egypt, in which uh, Cameroon won that game. He also officiated at the 2018 World Cup the group game between Belgium and Panama. So I'm quite surprised. Um, to have to have uh, seen him exhibited a lot of errors in that game, and um, re- reports emanating from Limbe indicates that he suffered a heat stroke, and yesterday uh, was taken to the hospital after the game. And as we speak, he's been he's he's, he's in the hospital. He's in the hospital, and uh, and uh, overall, what do you also make of, of of that? If truly he suffered from the heat stroke. So I believe so I believe that maybe that hampered that hampered his that hampered his um the de- decision making and I just think it was just one of those days for him that there was a bad day at the office and a lot of things weren't going on well. But then hopefully hopefully we all hope that for a referee of this ped- pedigree he'll be able to overcome it and maybe if this was last game in the tournament he would make and he would make a good account of himself either in this tournament or another international tournament that he gets to officiate at. And definitely, definitely, that's that's so kind of you, Mister Kowa. And um, let's get the highlights of that historic game between Mauritania and Gambia. Then I'll come back to you in the studios to get your opinion of what you made of that game. <laughs> Key man for them, Abubakar Kamara, no doubt, will be, uh, you know, the weight of the team. He will be driving this team. Three of them, highly experienced, uh, more or less, uh, in the qualifiers. It's Mauritania who kick off against their neighbours, Gambia. The Morabitums looking to beat the Scorpions here. The shot is excellent and it's into the back of the net from Jallo. And Gambia lead 1-0. Tom Sanfi and the Gambian bench celebrate. What a strike by Jallo. Barrow played the ball into Jallo. And that was a perfect finish into the corner. Absolutely nothing that Babacar Jock could do about that. Such was the precision and the sweetness of the strike of Abli Jallo. Mauritania nil, Gambia won. Jai again. Very nicely here. Oh, and Abubakar Kamara has Mauritania's first effort of note. Gambia kick off the second half, leading by a goal to nil against Mauritania. 
Emma Colley waits for the whistle. Mauritania have formed a, a mini two-man wall. It's Colley. Chance! Oh, that should have been the second goal. This time, it is Omar Colley, the big Sampdoria defender. Very well taken by Ibrima Colley. And coming round the back was Omar Colley, just wide of the post. I think it would have beaten the keeper, who was scrambling to try to get back. Big, big chance for 2-0. Tian. Camera. Camera tries to bend one towards the top corner, and Joe beats it away. Darbo. Barrow. He shoots. Oh, that's another good save by Diop. He has been a Mauritania hero today. That was heading right for the bottom corner. Really good attempt by Musa Barrow. And the bounce made it awkward for Diop. Gambia have done it. A debut win for Gambia. They have beaten their neighbours Mauritania by a goal to nil. That's certainly a debut win to remember against no other opponents than their neighbours, Mauritania. Mr. Kowa, what do you make of Jalo's strike? For me, I, it's already a goal of the content, uh, a goal of the tournament contender. What do you think? I think I think it was I think it was a great strike, but then I believe that the Gambians weren't as clinical as. I, I was expecting or I hoped for them to be because you know in this tournament when it yeah. goes down to the wire there'll be a lot of there'll be you missed or you regret that you've missed a lot of chances and they could have stamped their authority on the Mauritanians by actually by winning probably more than what three goals or four goals because they had very good chances where the ball kept on sailing over the bar or it was going wide with very good and quick build-up play. Because there was even a point, there was a counter where it was neck and neck between the Mauritanian goalkeeper and and I think Musa Baru. But then the but then the Mauritanian keeper was able to reach the ball outside the box relatively quicker than the Gambian player. So then I don't want to say this, but I I I, I wouldn't hope that Gambians the Gambians regret not taking advantage of this game is scoring more than a goal. Yeah, because uh, do you think uh, in their next game, it may come back to haunt them? Quite, quite, quite possibly. But then, you know, their athleticism, they makes up for a lot of things. And you can see, you can see how it did it even disturb Mauritania. So then that's something a lot of opponents will look out for to try to limit to limit their attacking transitions by matching their matching their attackers matching their attackers man to man probably having similar similar um, similar athletic defenders um defend against their attackers because you can see how well they played on the counter and it it looks like it looks like a very it looks like a well drilled team by all standards just it just needs just needs a very a better better finishing in the final third. Yes, and they they are indeed a well a well a well drilled side because I I wasn't expecting uh, Jalo to score uh, uh, to shine on the day. I was rather 
expecting a, a guy like Musa Baru. He's one person we, we, we kept our eyes on. But uh, on the day, you realize that the entire 11 players of Gambia actually came to the party to shine. And uh, their next game is against Mali on Sunday. What do you make of that game? Do you think it's going to be a balanced game on the on the surface of what we have seen so far? Uh, they are going to they are going to fight it out with the Malians. They can they can they can try, but then but then what we saw from the Malians against Tunisia was they have they have probably one of the best they have one of the best group of midfielders in the tournament who who can play it slowly, who can play it on the counter, who can defend very well. And who can do quite a various number of things. So then, you, if so, if Malians have, if Malians are able to win the midfield battle, they'll be able, they'll be able to take advantage of a lot of things. And even, even as you saw, Brighton's Eve Bisuma didn't start the game yesterday. But you, you, you saw how um, Amadou Haidara and his compatriots played very well. So then, you cannot, you, you, you cannot really cannot really do much against their midfield but then hopefully if you try to play around their midfield maybe you should you should be able to have the edge over them yeah definitely and another game which was of utmost interest is that game between Equatorial Guinea and Cote d'Ivoire let's take the highlights of that game then we'll come back and get your thoughts your your, your thoughts of what and what you think <laughs> But gentlemen, let's run through what uh, it's offered as regards uh, the starting lineup. Teko, Kotoro Guinea. We'll be needed today to drive this team uh, forward. You know, um, Hala also will be instrumental for them. He's been in good form uh, in his club. And it is Cote d'Ivoire who kicked off their first group E game. The numbers up here. Good recovery. But a poor clearance, and that's the opening goal! 1 0! What a screamer! Absolute wonder goal! Bashing is dispossessed. Is that what the referee is going to check? Trouble getting out of their own half, Equatorial Guinea. Trouble getting out of the final third. What about the shot? Nice ball, looped over, just over the top of the bar. Lands on the roof of the net. Nicely done. Equatorial Guinea not here to make up the numbers. Far from it. Let's do it. One on one. Oh, good save. And suing. Disgusting. 
having reached the previous tree. Edu. Pulls it trigger! Wide of the post, but not by much. Fantastic effort. Still, he had time to control quickly before making the shot. They come again, just wide of the post. That's a save. Great save by Sapunga. All over the top. It's a challenge. Give one win it back. Looking to put icing on the cake. Saha onto his left boot. Just wide of the post. Brilliant individual skills. Cote lining up another substitute. They won't have time though. That's the final whistle. Cote That is the final whistle for that game. Cote d'Ivoire beating Equatorial Guinea courtesy that absolutely stunning goal from Max Gradel. Max Gradel lost his father last week Wednesday before complaining to Cameroon for the African Cup of Nations and dedicated that goal to the memory of his late father. Mr. Kowa, what do you make of that game between Equatorial Guinea and Cote d'Ivoire? Well, it was a game full of chances that were not buried. There were some times that you saw Equatorial Guinea threaten them, threaten the Ivorians, but couldn't make use of what they had. Both teams had 12 shots, and both teams didn't have, couldn't even obtain 10 shots on target combined. So you can tell how how low in terms of finishing that game was even when the Ivorians kept on attacking um Ale wasn't wasn't able to connect very well with Maxwell Corney on the left and Ale also um when sorry and when uh the two star wingers came on that's Nicolas Pepe as well as Ofreza came on. If yeah. if if you notice Zaha missed Zaha missed one chance that is, is, is probably one of his favorite um, type of balls where he comes in from the right and finishes it with his left. One went mm-hmm. over the bar and one one went low on target but couldn't score. And even yeah. with Wolfred Zaha, he had a chance where he took on one player and finished it badly with his left. So that shows the kind of poor finishing that Ivory Coast have to work on. Bomel. Bomel will be pleased with this result, but then he would like to show um he would like to show how good or how better the team can be. So then that's one thing we hope to look out for in their next game. But even with Cote d'Ivoire, they lost a bit of their midfield battle because it got to a point Francesi and Seri weren't a bit weren't a bit up to the task in terms of matching the Equatorial Guineans. But then we know how Afghan is and surprises happen. So Hopefully against Algeria, they can they can perform better. Definitely against Algeria, they can perform better. But that is going to be a very tough game. Two top sides, 2015 champions as against current African Cup of Nations holders, Algeria, and who are also seeking to extend their unbeaten run. I, For me, I describe that game as the final before the final. What do you make of that? Again, given the fact that Algeria drew their first game. They need to get a point in that game, uh, three points in that game, else they're already 
waving goodbye to the tournament? Well, I believe they have the ability to to get maximum points from that game if they play well or if they even try to look at what Equatorial Guinea did well versus the Ivorians and try to work around it and find some solutions to to their um to their finishing problems. Because as you saw, you could tell that even with Eric Bailly in the middle, they weren't they weren't a solid they weren't a solid outfit um at the back. And even though they are even though they were missing out uh Willie Willie Bolly from Wolverhampton, you can probably tell that there is there is a lack you you can tell that with the Ivorians with the Iran defenders sometimes there's a little lapse in concentration on their parts. So if 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 the Algerians can attack, if the Algerians can attack them well enough, they they can be able to take the advantage and take the maximum points on the day. Mm, yes, they can be able to take advantage and get the maximum points for the day. And that game between Cameroon and Ethiopia, what are your initial thoughts? Again, I think Ethiopia, they are one of the best playing sides in Africa right now in terms of build-up play. As I said in one of the previous episodes, build-up play, um, counter-attack. Uh, they know how to play through the lines. They they are not afraid to go wide. They are not af- afraid to play through the middle. And they and they, they they show a lot of fights. But then what they lack is star quality, individual quality from a few of their players. Maybe we can attribute it to maybe not, most of their players not playing their trade in Europe, mainstream Europe. But then you can tell that the the Cameroonians, the host nation won because they just have better players in 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 the in better positions than Ethiopia. Because Ethiopia. Because without because without the Ethiopians played, they probably deserve to get up to, to leave this match with probably a point or probably maximum points. But then it wasn't to be as the host nation had to stamp their authority on the Ethiopians at the end of the day. At the end of the day. You know, I'm beginning to think that Cameroon gives you the opportunity to open the scoring, to uh, inflate your ego, they come back, equalize, and, and actually dominate the game. I'm beginning to think it's a strategy of the indomitable Lions. You also believe in that, and she, or share in that school of thought. I I I can I I can agree to it to an extent, but then I believe that them not having a good start shows that shows the amount of pressure they have on them as the host nation to deliver. And if and and should they and should they do this against better sides, probably the Algerians, the Moroc the Moroccans, the Ivorians, the um, Nigerians, or even the Egyptians. They, they are probably not going to get away with with that kind of results because you letting your opponents start first on the front foot, even though it may leave the opponents vulnerable, it wouldn't work every time as as a team. And for these kind of tournaments, you have to you have to show the authority first and 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 control the game so that your opponents do not have a chance to even sniff in. So then. I I believe that Antonio Consensal has a lot to work on in terms of their defense and even with 
even with Andre Onana, he has looked a bit. He has not looked a bit sharp in terms of yes, playing the ball is. out of the back. Too, he has been, he has he has been a bit, he has been a bit jittery in that aspect. So then, we really hope that as host nation, they act, they get to improve and play better the next time around. Most definitely, that they they improve and play better. Uh, we, let's take a special preview of the game between Cameroon and Ethiopia. We'll take the highlights and then we'll come back to you for an ex- much more extensive um, conversation. Changes to both lineups, and of course, we're expecting a change um, or changes to that Ethiopian lineup having suffered that red card. Um, three, three, zero. To Cameroon, three nil. obviously, three, yeah. Two nil coming. The game played uh, against Senegal in uh, Libreville, which delivered the uh, Cup of Nations to Cameroon just two editions ago. Can they add yet another crown to MLS Major League Soccer with Seattle Sounders? A couple of players at this tournament who are based in America. Now, let's see what Ethiopia can do. This might catch Cameroon out. Early ball inside. Opportunity. Goal. Tucked away by Dawa Dukele. One of the two changes coming into today's side. And Cameroon have been caught napping. They didn't even get a shot on target in the last match against Cape Verde. This was all too simple. With crisp passing movements. Here's Vansa Abubakar again. This is Chopper Moting back to the big striker. He's going to go for goal. Excellent strike. Good save, too, from Shanko. Back in again. The keeper stays on his line. There's the equalizer. Carl Toko Ekambe wastes no time in getting Cameroon back level. That many for his country, but a couple of important ones including the winner against the Ivory Coast in the World Cup qualifier in November. Zambon Guisa on the edge of the area. This might be a good chance and a tap away. Flags up. Chopomoti looks for the flick on. That hit the outside of the uh, woodwork. Back in again here. That header again. it was missed by Shopo Moting. Watch him go forward. Goes up for the challenge. Misses it, but uh, Toko. Now, here they come. The indomitable line. Three weights in the middle, including Abu Bakr. What power on that header. So simple. Look how easy it was, though. It just floated up there. Got super power. But uh, there's a lot of work still to come, you fancy, from some of the bigger teams. Cameroon storming now. They going to put this one to bed but really looked to have lost it here in the second it looks as if Abu Bakr got the touch ahead of the defender chance for another one Toko Ikambi now is he going to go on his own it's a tight angle he looks at Abu Bakr he says I'm going to take this one goal number four for Cameroon two apiece Toko Ikambi and Abu Bakr Edged out Didier Drogba's uh, Côte d'Ivoire in the final. Right, final whistle here. Cameroon with all three points. And that game between Cameroon and Ethiopia saw Toko 
Carl Toko in Kambe with a brace and the leading goal scorer in the tournament, Vicent Abubakar. Vicent Abubakar is the first Cameroonian player to have scored in three Afcons after Samuel Eto'o in 2008. He's following in the footsteps of the current president of Cameroonian Football Federation, Samuel Eto'o. Mr. Akowa, over to you in the studio. And uh, again, this particular game accounts that Cameroon have scored 25% of the tournament score. Until this game, we had had 12 goals in 12 matches, with nine resulting in one one goal, one zero scoreline, with two games going goalless and Cameroon winning their first game 2-1 and today they stamped the authority on the tournament and sending a clear statement that they are in to host and win by winning by four goals to one. I think that is an emphatic statement. Mr. Akua, do you also think they've sent an emphatic statement to the rest of the 23 teams that they are coming for the title? Maybe they have. Maybe. I, I don't think they have because the for me the result and the performance wasn't what uh, didn't match because i don't believe that um i don't believe that they were very good to the extent that they they had to they were they were that much in front of the ethiopians as i said the ethiopians probably do uh, don't have a toko ekambi they don't have an Abubakar, they don't have a Zambo in Angisa, they don't have a Collins Fire or a Chupomoti. So then the Ethiopians had the Ethiopians had to deal with a lot at the same time. Um, unfortunately, that's how it is then. And, I, and football football isn't fair. But then that's 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 the nature of the game. So so I think that any team should any team be able to worry worry um Cameroon it's it will be to be very easy because they just need to take their chances and they they should be able to they should be able to deal with the overloads that Cameroon have sometimes because as you know when you see that the as you see that maybe Colin Spy is probably putting in a cross there are about three attackers in the box that's Tokoe Kambi um Chupomoting as well as Vincent Abubakar so it makes Abubakar. it very difficult to mark them and and, and these that, guys are also very tall. Yes. So then so then that makes so then that makes that makes attacking for them easier, very easy. So it is it's 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 enjoyable for now, but then I really hope that they are able to maintain the, this kind of performances against the big boys. You know, one thing that I noticed with the Ethiopian side, they were trying to play Tiki Taka, but without a mark an attacker to sort of top up with what they were doing. Did you also notice 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 that from the Ethiopians? Yeah, yeah. You that's why I said they 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 are they are one of the best they've shown I don't know this Afghan they've shown that they are one of the best teams who who flourish or who blossom with build up patient build up play from the back. And and even and even with the goalkeepers distributions, you see how it is. It is very, 
detailed because you know that he almost always hits his fellow Ethiopian man at the exact spot that he expects the ball to go. So then you can see that there's a lot of they, they, there's a lot of tactical detail and organization with how they play. So it makes it it makes it quite it makes it quite difficult for teams to be able to mark so because because it, there was a point in the first half that there was a four there was probably a four a, there was a four men there were four Ethiopian men attacking two Cameroonian defenders and you could see that the Cameroonians had enough speed to be able to track back and intercept the ball so then. You can you can tell that they have their ideas, but then it's the execution up front that that, that is been, lacking. Yeah, that has been a big worry for them. And probably if they yeah. had eleven men against Kevet, they would have been able to um, maybe steal a point out of that game. But now they have a lot of work to do against Burkina Faso, where Burkina Faso to also look good presently, even without their captain and star man Bertrand Traore. Yeah, and talking of Burkina Faso. They beat Kevet by a long goal, and that opens the group the, that the group A up. And um, let me share the table for the for our cherished audience. Um, out of two games played so far, Cameroon have already qualified for the round of 16. They top Group A with six points and the four goals difference. The difference second on the group is Burkina Faso, three points. And having beat Kevet today, they have a better head-to-head record against Kevet, and they are second on the on the log with Kevet coming third with three goals, and Ethiopia lying on the bottom of the table with zero points and minus four goals. So, as things stand now, Ethiopia is going out of the tournament unless they get the results against Burkina Faso, which I doubt, I doubt they will, they will get. And um, Cameroon looks, looks like they would maintain their unbeaten record in Yaoundé. Cameroon is yet to lose in Yaoundé in 33 years. It's, in fact, Yaoundé is a fortress. And uh, they will play their round of 16 game in Yaoundé. Uh, quarterfinals will probably be in Douala. And if they have to progress to the semi-final and final, that is going to be in Yaoundé. And that wh- whoever they get to meet will be a tough a tough one. And talking of whoever they get to meet will be a tough one. Tomorrow, the Black Stars of Ghana comes against the Panthers of Gabon. For the Panthers of Gabon, in terms of team update, Pierre-Emerick Abimayang has pretended a negative test and will be available for selection tomorrow. So is Limbe who will also be available tomorrow for selection. And uh, with the Black Stars, they have a full complement of of the team with no injuries or COVID concerns. Mr. Koa, going into that game, it's a must-win game for the Black Stars of Ghana. And should Ghana not get the maximum points from that game in in the unlikely event they draw, and they, they, they emerge as one of the third best team in the tournament, they are most likely to meet Cameroon in the round of 16. Do you think the Black Stars have what it takes to come out tops tomorrow against the, the Gabonese side? I believe so. And for Black Stars, their, their um, food and their team squad selection at the moment, they seem, 
there seems to be one player who has a, a little bit of a problem that's okay, no, two actually, because before the tournament, it was reported that Mubarak Wakaso was suffered a small injury during their training campaign, Qatar. So then that was why he didn't feature in the, in the first game against Morocco. Even even tonight, it was reported that he was just going through individual training. It looked like, and it doesn't look like, it doesn't look likely for him to feature tomorrow as well. So then, I think the Black Stars should should or they should be able to get a better performance because in terms of build up play it was bad in terms of in terms of um retaining ball retention and possession it wasn't good at all and it didn't and it didn't look like they had it didn't look like they had a a style they wanted to implement and I hope that Milovan has been able to go over this 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 these details very 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 well for the players because tomorrow it looks like it's a must okay no it doesn't look like it is a must win game for the black stars they must win to be able to grab the second or most likely or hopefully the third um the first the first spots so then i think the black stars should be able to get a good result against gabon because i don't really think gabon are much of a threatening side but then Stylistically, they can they they have they have the they have the tendency to cause a problem for the black stars, even though the black stars have looked solid so far. Most definitely. Just before we wrap up with the show, do you think that you expect a change in the lineup? Well, I I I I do. That that is what I believe. That is what I believe will happen, but. You don't, but you, 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 you may not know because apparently, Andrea, you has been kept out of training for a few days to get some rest, and probably, probably with with his impact, with his impact in the squad, he is most likely going to start the game or he is going to play a role, even with the stitches that he has he has gotten on his head after his injury, so. I, so I believe I, I believe there there'll probably be a change or two, but then I think that it is the front men that we should we should be able to we should be able to revamp with better with better role playing, and that and that should help us to be able to get a result tomorrow, hopefully. And who are the players that you are looking at uh, in terms of the addition addition uh, uh, changes to the team, if you can be specific? For me. I was hoping that probably with still with with the with with Kudu still unavailable, we should we should be able to play we should be able to play either Thomas Party um in, in a more in a more attacking role up front or Daniel Tre of um Saint Pauli. Yes, Saint Pauli because they, they they are the players they are the players with a lot of patience. They can play through the lines. They have an eye. They know how to thread the pass. So then, these these are these are the progressive players that we need for the wingers because it will be it will be very disappointing to see Kamal Dinsulimana or Joseph Joseph Pinso running up and down the wings for about forty about forty meters every time Ghana is on the counter because they 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 mustn't be. 
they they mustn't be the ball carriers or the ball progressors. The midfielders must be able to bring the ball forward for them to be able to flourish. And probably if if we are going to play Jordan or DD up front, so that's fine because it looks like Milo will go more with experience than a lot of experimenting. But I'm I'm hoping that if that's the case, if if Patti should play in, in a more advanced role, we give we give um, this player from Sheriff Tirapso a chance and uh, Ed Monado uh, with Baba Idrisu so that if so that if they if if they if they look to lock up the lock up the midfield in front right in front of the defense those two are very those two are combative enough to make that happen hmm. and. Uh... Um, just before we, we wrap up, just before we wrap up, our time is up. Andre Ayu is a good player, but do you think we need to find a perfect position for him within the Black Stars so that for us to get a maximum output from him? Like what happens at club level when he was at Swansea, he was very instrumental in ensuring that Swansea got a playoff spot. He's also been very instrumental for his new club outside in Qatar. Do you think it's a it's a it's, it's an issue of positional play? We are not able to get the right position for him to get the best out of him. Well, it looks well. It looks like playing playing him on the wings. He has lost his pace because he has he's older now, and playing him in the middle too. It looks playing him at the number ten in the hole. It looks like he 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 doesn't he doesn't have a lot of impact. So then, I believe that with the kind of goal scoring ability he has or how he comes through in a lot of ways his clutch his clutch or crucial goals it would it would it would best serve us if we can try him up front so that even so that even if even if he doesn't have to involve himself in in the in the um, counter attacks or transitions he will be there to head the ball or he'll be there to cut in and score for us because it looks like it looks like that he'll he'll be he'll be more efficient there than playing in the, the false hole. nine. Yeah, false nine. Playing in the hole or playing on the wings because that it didn't look like he helped us when he even came on the wings versus the Atlas Lions of Morocco. I would like to push you a bit to the wall. Final one. What's your what's your prediction for the game? Well, for me, I really believe I'm bad at predictions, but with 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 a little bit of bias, I probably hope Ghana wins by two goals to one. If not, it's probably going to end. If we are going to play the same way we played against Morocco and would like to steal a win, probably one nil. But I think the most rational one, if I'm being objective, is probably a one-one draw. It's a one-one draw. Thank you so much, Mr. Kowa. You're it's been lovely um listening to you and getting all the nitty-gritties that we need to know thank you to my cherished audience this is your most authoritative and educative platform on the calling up to get everything that you need to know on the african cup of nations over the weekend i'm going to give you all the exclusives that you need to know on the players where they are playing their club football, especially for those who are in the MLS and playing in the African Cup of Nations that's currently ongoing in Cameroon from the 9th 
of January to the 6th of February. It's been lovely coming your way. I leave you with the official theme song for the African Cup of Nations, which says, We stand for Africa. Wherever you are today, stand for what you believe in. Dream big, pray, and achieve. Until same time tomorrow, it's adios for now. I leave you with our team song, We Stand for Africa.